Today we begin the period of group practice, finishing the uh, the rains retreat together. It's very, um, very clearly, summer has changed into autumn. The uh, uh, the season is one of uh, yellowing leaves. Leaves are turning less bright flowers in the in the gardens uh, flowers fading away leaves dropping days getting shorter nights getting longer so there's the feeling of this uh, autumn season the spirit haunts the year's last hours here amid these yellowing bowers so there's a tone to the autumn, a fading, it's a time of dying, ending. Squirrels gathering acorns, nuts, and burying things for the food for the winter. They're reflecting upon the, this kind of autumnal time, autumnal mood, then that sense of things dying or ending, fading. We can relate to that in a personal way, just in our own lives. Things within our own efforts that have, have failed or haven't worked well or something that is um, a disappearing in us, our strength or our mobility, or our eyesight, our memory, a relationship. Those kind of endings, fadings, just using the words can have a sad, painful tone to them. They're ordinary English words, fading, dying, ending. But even just the sound of the word, just the tone it has as it is received in the jitta, in the heart. Notice that. Ending, fading, dying, failing, losing. You know, you know, autumn can be taken as a loss, just as something that we try to do and it doesn't work out very well, or it gets criticized, or we're not strong enough for anymore. It can feel like a loss. But if we reflect on this, looking around the trees, yeah, the leaves are dropping, but is the tree, is its life really diminished by an autumn? The leaves have done their thing through the summertime, soaked up the sunshine, fed the life of the tree, and now their time is over. So they fall. So that uh, if it's a deciduous tree, one that loses its leaves this time of the year, that's what it does. That's its nature. Nothing's lost. Nothing's really gone wrong. It's just that losing, that dropping, that fading is part of a cycle. When we spell it out like this, then it's, you say, well, of course, you know, we, don't, we don't feel that bad when a, the, a, le a tree loses its leaves in the autumn or the, 
the bright colors of the flowers have faded from the flower beds. But when it's our own lives, our, the events of our life, our fading eyesight or our hearing or a, the ending of a friendship or leaving a place that you liked or the, uh, uh, the project that you were looking after hasn't worked well or you're meeting obstructions, difficulties, then it's taken far more personally. The sting is far stronger. But if we change the view to look at our own minds, our own lives, our own bodies with a, a, an eye of Dhamma rather than seen from a personal point of view, then rather than those losing or fading or ending, all those experiences of our, of our own lives, our own minds, they're not taken as something disastrous or gone wrong, but they can be seen in terms of, of the cycles of nature. Things begin, then they end. That's what makes them perfect. All that arises passes away. That's its perfection. The perfection of anything is that arising and passing. It's transient nature. That's its perfection. If we think that the brightness of spring and summer, uh, that vitality is good, and autumn and winter is bad, then we've tied our heart to the, the wheel of birth and death. Suffering is inevitable. Dukkha is inevitable. But if there's a, a disentangling, a non-grasping, and that the things are seen from a, a Dhamma-centered perspective rather than a self-centered perspective, then it's recognized, yes, spring and summer have this tone, and autumn and winter have another tone. That's the way the cycle is. That's how it works. And when the view changes to a nature-centered perspective, a Dhamma-centered perspective, then the sweetness of success and praise and development and brightness, vitality, it's a sweet taste, that's all. And then the you know, things ending, fading, falling away, it's got a, a, a bitter taste, that's all. Like Lumpur Sumedho talking yesterday about his, his aging body, his fading eyesight, his hearing, his mobility, but if that's seen from a perspective of Dhamma, nothing is really being lost. <laughs> nothing was owned in the first place. So, what looks like a loss or an ending or a fading, the heart doesn't have to be diminished. doesn't have to be in a state of dukkha on account of that aspect of the cycle. Here's a sweet taste, here's a bitter taste. Tastes come and go, that's all. And in that passing, that, that ending, or seeing that process, there's a great peacefulness. In letting go of the substantiality of, of those judgments, letting go of grasping, there's a great peace, a great ease in the heart. Te sang sukho. Things arise and pass away, and in their passing, there is peace. Not just the ending of a thing that has begun, but the ending of its substantiality. Seeing the empty nature, 
the transparent nature of, of things, sweetness and bitterness. It's like this. There's a great spaciousness, an ease, a peace, a delight. This is how nature works. Here it is. It's this way. So changing the view from self-centered to dhamma-centered, this is, in a very practical level, establishing right view, samaditi, a view that is attuned to reality. So at the beginning of a retreat period, community retreat like this for this week, I strongly encourage that kind of recognition. To what extent does the mind create a self-centered view and invest in that? Feeding upon gain and loss, success and failure, happiness and unhappiness, comfort and discomfort. To notice those habits of seeing things from a self-centered perspective, consciously feeling that, knowing that, and letting go, disentangling, freeing the heart from grasping so that the, the attitude, the heart, is established in a dhamma-centered point of view, samaditi, a view which is attuned to nature, to reality. Not investing in gain and loss, praise and criticism, comfort and discomfort, In changing the view, in establishing the heart in that attuned view, right view, notice the difference. There's a quality of peacefulness, of ease, of wholeness, a delight. In those moments of disentangling, non-grasping, notice that. When we begin the period of retreat like this, I was like to emphasize this, you know, right view comes first, as the Buddha put it. Right view comes first. If we pick up the effort in formal practice, in Dhamma practice, with a skillful attitude, based upon samaditi, a view in accordance with reality, then what develops from there is very likely to be also in tune with Dhamma, with that reality. If we start off from a place of self-view, like, I want to be like this, I don't want to be like that, I should be doing this, I shouldn't be doing that, I approve of this, I don't approve of that, all that eye-making and mind-making is michaditi, establishing the practice on self-view, wrong view, view that is not in harmony with reality, with nature. If the, pa if the practice is based upon self-view, on ignorance, necessarily the result is going to be painful. If you start off with avijja, ignorance, the result is suffering, dukkha, discord. If the practice is based upon, upon awareness, upon vijja, upon right view, view an attitude which is in tune with dhamma, then the result is peacefulness, freedom. A wholeness which is unmistakable, a quality.
quality of fullness of being. The heart is content, peaceful, spacious, bright. In Lumpur Sameta's Dhamma talk yesterday, he was talking about various different ways that he had approached the meditation practice in the past. Different things that were needed, different times, different situations is important for us to consider. Just like he was describing using the mantra buddho, either attuned with the breath or just as a, a, a so rapidly repeated mantra just to force the mind to not be thinking of anything else. Listening to the nada sound, the inner sound. Again, at the beginning of a, re- a retreat period, community retreat of this nature, rather than having a fixed plan of how you want to be or what you should be doing, or what, you, what kind of meditation you've got uh, planned, Take a look at this body, this mind. What do we need in in this moment? Just like Lumpur was describing yesterday. Sometimes the mind is busy, busy, busy. Just frantically running around like a squirrel hiding acorns for the winter. Busy, busy, busy. Sometimes when we look at the body and mind, investigate that, we realize, I'm exhausted. (laughs) I'm totally worn out. Or we might realize, my goodness, my mind is really quiet. I huh. thought I was doing a lot of things and I was had the impression I was very agitated, but sit down, close my eyes. Oh, the mind is alert, quiet. Oh, look at that. So I encourage this sense of looking at what our, our, our physical, mental mood and condition is. How is it in this moment? work with the way it is rather than how we think it should be or what we've got planned, what we feel the the Ajans have told us to do or the book has told us to do. How is this body, this mind? What's its mood? What's the material that we're working with? Agitated and busy? Exhausted and sleepy? fed up with everything and just wanting to switch off and not feel, alert and open, bright, spacious, or any other, any other mixture. How is it? So we, we start from where we are rather than where we think we should be or where someone has told us where we are. Look at the, the fabric, the material of this body, this mind in this moment. Then, from that attunement, that appreciation, then let a a particular mode of practice be be developed. If it's very agitated, then we take an approach that calms the body, calms the mind, helps things to settle. If we find it really exhausted, very sleepy, take an approach that helps to encourage wakefulness, Sit with your eyes open. When you do walking meditation, be you know, vigorous, sprightly, 
walk quickly, just energize the system. If we're averse and dull and just want to switch off and not feel, notice that. Okay, it's vibhava tanha plus plus plus. Okay, notice that. Be aware of that aversive, negative, just want to switch off and not feel quality. Work with that. I encourage the sense of taking responsibility, not just following a program or an order or a, a, a kind of pre, pre-cooked or <laughs> pre-decided option, but attuned to the way it is. How is this personality, this body, this mind? And then from that basis, let a direction be taken. We work with the material that's here, this personality, this body, this mind, this moment. This is where we start from. <laughs>